every time I play and I have a party, I kind of want at least one of them to be a human because a human can fit in so many aspects. Welcome to Rollmates, the podcast where I teach my wife and you about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Greg. And I'm Allie. And welcome to session three of our podcast. Three times a charm, we're going to play, no, finally. No, 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 we're not. We don't play on this podcast. We don't play on this podcast? No, 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 we established that already. So what do we do? So I'm going to ask you a question about Dungeons and Dragons, about something that I don't really understand. And Ooh. hopefully your answer will help me understand it better and will help everyone listening understand it better or get a new perspective on it. Uh-huh. Is that okay? Can we do that instead of play? That is totally okay. I like explaining things, even I though I ramble <laughs> quite a bit. You're good at explaining things. So my question for you today, can you explain the difference between like a race and a class and a background? Because I know that these are all important things that you choose when you're setting up your character. They establish um, attributes and features and they um, determine, you know, skills that you get and things like that. But we don't have to go into each individual race, class, and background because like there's like there's a lot. There's a lot. Like 40 races. Yeah, alone. So we don't have, we're not going to go into each and every one. But what I'm curious about is the difference between each um, each category, if you will. So like when you're picking a race, what are you actually determining about your character versus when you pick a class, what additional information does that provide? How are those how are these three things separate from each other, but how do they play? How do they like play into the game? Excuse the pun. Okay. Um, so your race, you know, there's like classic fantasy races, you know, humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, orcs kind of thing. Your race is, you know, who you're born as, who your character is born as, what culture they've, they come from. Or, you know, or what if they're an elf born amongst orcs because, like, they were orphaned and an orc warband, like, took them in and, you know, someone felt pity on them or something. You know, uh, the race determines generally what your character will look like. Of course, elves are tall and lithe with pointy ears and dwarves are squat and stout, Um the men would have great big beards. And the women. And the well, maybe the women have beards. Didn't Gim- but the didn't Gimli say that the dwarf women you, you like you can't you can't determine between a male and a female dwarf? Well that that's Lord of the Rings, Aww. but I mean well, I mean nothing in the books specifically says dwarf women can't have beards. There you go. You know? Uh, so, yeah, maybe your dwarf women or even human women or elven women have beards too. Nice. But, yeah, they'll, they'll generally determine, you know, what your character looks like, um, what kind of culture they come from. It will determine what languages they know because mm-hmm. an elf would generally know elven. Um, there would have to be very specific circumstances in your backstory mm-hmm. that would change that. Um, but each race 
traditionally, their builds lend themselves to favor certain attributes over others. Right. So generally elves, they will get a dexterity bonus, mm -hmm. a plus two. And then depending on the elf, you know, high elves will get plus one to their intelligence. The dark elves or the drow will get plus one to their charisma mm -hmm. or the wood elves would get plus one to their wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's to show the different, um, you know, ethnic elf groups and what they tend to focus on more okay. and stuff like that. The So each race, they will favor certain attributes over each other and that's to represent the race's general physical um, or mental capabilities okay. in a general sense. But then they might have certain, you know, special abilities like a high elf. Um, well, actually, any of the elves might have specific spells that they just, it comes naturally because they were raised in a society where spell casting was more normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, their ties to the Feywild has lend themselves to be more magical than say humans mm -hmm. um or like uh orcs would have more um physically oriented ability but it's usually just one or two special abilities and they're not super powerful because what the creators wanted to avoid is everyone just pick the most powerful race there <laughs> like generally there is no most powerful race but um do you feel like people ask you that often like when you start to play like oh well like oh yeah pick a race for your character okay which one is the most powerful like which one is the best <laughs> well yeah so if you if you're the kind of player who wants to optimize their character meaning on paper their character is you know as Mac, like their abilities are maximized to their fullest potential mm -hmm. then yeah there are some races you would pick over others generally the variant human comes with a free feat so that's another extra ability tactile free feat yeah a feat uh, he has three feet no it's uh feat as in f-e-a-t like um, a feat of ability or feat uh, of strength. Um, I figured it wasn't an extra foot. Just no, I'm, not, I'm yeah, not stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not. That's why. That's why I married you because oh, you're thanks. not stupid. But I wanted the listeners yeah. to know that I wasn't serious about thinking they had an extra foot. But to to show you how powerful. I mean, you know, it's it's difficult to illustrate to a newer person, but basically, a feat you are given the choice when your character reaches every fourth level of choosing to raise their ability scores or getting a feat. Mm -hmm. And so that's an additional feature to your character. So having a, neck, a free feat at level one makes your character a lot stronger. So I feel like, um, so when you're choosing your your race, you should be kind of strategic then about, okay, well, if, if I want my character to be this kind of a person or to, you know, to rely on magic or to rely on strength or to rely on cunning or whatever, I want to choose a race that is complementary to that. Or do you feel like it's more interesting to choose kind of maybe more at random or, or give less thought to what race you pick and 
I don't know. I don't know entirely what I'm what I'm asking. No, Did, I understand what you're saying. Would you recommend that somebody yeah. try to be really strategic about the race they pick, depending on what they want to do, or do you think that they should relax a little and just kind of try for what they can try? So the race, more so than the class, it's it's more geared toward role playing purposes. Mm-hmm. They kind of they all kind of fall on a spectrum and and as we go into the other ones we'll um dig deeper into that but like the backgrounds are on the far end of the role playing. Mm-hmm. You know, backgrounds are all basically for role playing purposes. Right. The class is for your gameplay mechanics. Um it'll determine how your character um what kind of abilities they would have. Mm-hmm. Your your race kind of falls in between cuz you have these gameplay mechanics of the attribute increases, the extra features that come with the race, but there is that role playing element where you know, I came from a shire of halflings, mm-hmm. you know, versus, oh, I'm a rock gnome. I came from under the mountain. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to inform different aspects of the, of the character. Right. And so what I would tell new players is think of, there's two aspects to think of. You can think of the gameplay aspect of it. So, for example, a high elf gets um, an increase in intelligence. They lend themselves more to being a wizard Mm than a a dark elf, which gets an increase in charisma. So they're more geared to being a sorcerer Mm. or a warlock. And so I can tell the players, you can play into those archetypes Um, or like a dwarf for barbarian because they get plus two constitution and plus two strength for mountain dwarves. Mm -hmm. You can play into those archetypes or you could play against types. Maybe your dwarf is extra studious and dug into books and they want to be a wizard and, you know, they have that extra strength to sort of round out their, um, capabilities now they're not their spell casting is going to lag a little bit behind those like mm-hmm. high elves or the gnomes in terms of wizardry right. but that's extra opportunities for different role playing so that kind of reminds me of like in lord of the rings which I, everything D for me comes back to lord of the rings eventually yeah like um, all fantasy when oh gosh was it mary or pippin who decided they were just gonna be they were gonna go to war and they were gonna fight and everyone was like mm, you're so little you're so yeah small. mary i mean pippin kind of bumbled his way into it but yeah. mary definitely wanted to suit up right which is that kind of makes me think of that which like if you're playing as somebody who wants to fight like he did you probably wouldn't pick halfling yeah, you yeah. know, you'd pick a, a race that's a little bit more suited to just going yeah. headlong into battle. But see, now this is where interesting things happen because uh, there are some builds, like they'll call they'll call them character builds, where certain you can mix and match certain races and classes. Mm-hmm. There are some builds of the fighter class that would be dexterity based, and because halflings get a plus two in dexterity. Mm they could maybe exploit those builds. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But generally, yeah, like you are saying, if you are going for a strength-based fighter, it would be better to be an orc or a dwarf versus like a halfling or an elf. Mm -hmm. That being said, now the newest book, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, Mm -hmm. has kind of opened the floodgates of... um, very uh, flexibility Mm -hmm. as far as races go because now they've given optional features where your mountain dwarf doesn't just have to have plus two in constitution and plus two in strength because what it says in that book is you're an adventure you're the heroes of the story you are exceptional Mm -hmm. you know so if your dwarf wants to be that rogue maybe your character is more like your dwarf is more of that you know less um brawny more um agile kind of dwarf Mm -hmm. that is just kind of separated from the rest of the dwarves and they say you know the stats you would see in other books would be typical of a character of this race Mm -hmm. You know, whereas now with Tasha's, if you use that alternate rule, you can kind of say, oh, my dwarf wants to be a wizard. I'm going to give him plus two in intelligence and plus two in dexterity so that he can dodge a little bit more. Yeah. You know, and so which. If if you're a new player and you really don't understand the game. There's two things. Play into archetype, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I want to be a ranger. Pick wood elf. Boom. And just go with it. Yeah. You know, or play against archetype, but only because you have an idea in your head, you know, about well, what you want your character to do. And you talk to your GM and if you or your DM. And if <laughs> your you're general manager. Yeah. <laughs> and if your DM says, yeah, we'll play with that optional rule, which I think most DMs will do, um, then yeah, have fun have fun mixing and matching races and classes. So do you think that there's like one combo, like one race class combo that is like perfect for a first time player? Um, well, the most popular race class combo period is human fighter. Mm-hmm. Because of its sheer simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighter is the easiest class. And this is a good uh, segue into classes. <laughs> fighter is the simplest class you can come across in D&D. So, so it kind of sounds like the main difference between a race and a class is like, thinking of it IRL, your ra- just like in real life, your race, you don't pick. Your right. race is just how you're born. But your class is something that your character would have decided at some point in their life. I'm gonna kind of is it like a job? No, it's not like a like a job. It's, it's, a, it's like a way of it's a the vocation. way they decided to live. Yeah, it's a vocation. It's um it's what you it's what you train yourself for mm. to build these capabilities, you know. So in the terms of adventuring it's your role in the party. It's your job in the party. Mm-hmm. You know, if you pick, if you pick fighter, your job, so to speak, is to go. Generally, there's a lot of different builds because there's a lot of different 
subclasses. Yeah, and then when you add backgrounds, it gets even more complicated. Yeah. So with, uh, well, backgrounds, not so much. But with, um, for example, with the, with the fighter, the fighter gets all armor proficiencies mm-hmm. right off the bat so they can wear heavy armor which will increase their defenses. They have all weapon proficiencies, so they can wield any weapon, Mm -hmm. basically. And really the primary role of the fighter is to get on the front lines, whack things, (laughs) and take hits because they can can take those hits. So they're like the the tank. They're the tank. They protect the um you know the more vulnerable members of the party mm-hmm. you know if you take the so you can take the classic adventuring party which is fighter rogue cleric wizard okay that's the stranger things kids yeah yeah <laughs> because it is it is the classic it's the most um well-rounded because mm-hmm. you have your tank and the fighter the rogue is the they call them skill monkeys because oh they gosh. learn a lot of different skill proficiencies. So you know they have their acrobatic skills, but they also uh, have stealth and um, some some might pick up survival. But there's like perception and insight, and um, they use thieves' tools so they can pick locks and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. and they can disable traps and stuff. So they are good at sneaking around, doing reconnaissance, getting their sneak attacks in, um, and doing a lot of extra damage. And then with cleric, clerics have a lot of healing spells. So, you know, they can keep the fighter healed up, or if the wizard or the rogue takes a hit, they can heal them up. But the clerics are stronger against undead because they have holy magic. So when you're picking your class, you should probably be thinking about like thinking ahead to when in battle, what do I want to spend my time doing? Yes. And that your class is gonna really inform that. Yes. Probably. And and even and even out of battle, the classes oh, yeah. might have uh special abilities that will help them in social situations mm-hmm. or exploring mm-hmm. and stuff like that but it usually does come back to battle because <laughs> like a lot of players you know they want to get in and and fight but yeah and then um the wizard is on the arcane spectrum of spell casting where they um they have access to the most amount of spells mm-hmm. But um, well, one day we have to talk about what's the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer because that always and isn't there a third? Oh, so well, like magic user. There's a lot of magic users, but as far as classes go, there's wizard, sorcerer. So there's and ma- magician. No, no wizard. <laughs> there's wizard, sorcerer, this warlock, warlock. That's what I was thinking. Bards and clerics are your bards use magic. Yeah. I thought bards just Oh, sing. and druids. Druids. Oh, true. See, I I I group wizards, sorcerers and warlocks very closely in my mind. Like, yeah. To me they all look look like long robes, pointy hat, you know, maybe a yeah, wand it's or easy something. To, like they all have a similar vibe. It's easy to um yeah, it's easy to mix them, yeah. but Whereas I know like clerics have like 
like gods and religion and stuff. Druids yeah. are like nature and animals and whatever. I always thought bards just sing. Well, they use the <laughs> magic of song to inspire their allies and give them additional bonuses so to their silly. abilities. It is kind of silly, but they do mess up math for the DM and they have it's kind of like they're a mix between a wizard and a rogue in a way um they they occupy this little space in between spellcaster and like sneaky person see this is why my dnd knowledge can't come purely from memes no yeah because whenever i think of bard i just think of memes i've seen of like it's like, oh, you go into a dungeon and there's a dragon and the bard wants to seduce the dragon. <laughs> Look at the song. No, it's not. No, <laughs> anyone can seduce giggle. a dragon if they roll high enough. I love it. Wait, okay, so I really want to go back to Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm on a one track today. And I want to look at the fellowship. Let's 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 Harry Potter style sort the fellowship into like what what race and class they are. Harry Potter style? Like when you sit down and you sort people, it's oh, like, oh, what house that? would you be? Okay. Yeah, like what race and class would they be? Okay, so I would just go straight up with the four hobbits. Halflings. Half, they would be halflings. Right. And they would be rogues. They would be rogues because of this because of their like kind of sneaky ability. Yeah, they're 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 sneaky. They kind of team up. Mm-hmm. To take down enemies. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they might, you know, kill an orc one-on-one, but not not often. And power in numbers. Yeah, power in numbers kind of thing. Um, Merry and Pippin might, at the end of the series, gain a level in fighter because nice. you can multi-class. Oh, that's so cute. Um, what, Frodo and Sam climb a, climb a volcano. They don't get any... They wouldn't level up in something? No, they, you know, they put... They, they get... Um, acrobatics um <laughs> they get they get maybe an acrobatics proficiency or something what about you said something about survival they survive or survive they yeah. might get a survival proficiency down the way because they should have died eight times and they yeah lived. but but that see but that's where skills can derive from class so you know two rogues might not be alike mm-hmm. um because they could have different different skills yeah um aragorn Ranger, I mean, he's a ranger uh, with he's levels called, of he's fighters. He's called the ranger. Yeah, right? he's called yeah. <laughs> or ranger. He's from the Dunedain Rangers. Um, so is he a human? Yeah, human. Because the, the Dunedain are human. To be very right? say variant human. Variant uh-huh. human. <laughs> and then human plus. Boromir, human yeah. fighter. Legolas, elf ranger. He's a ranger too. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I think because of the bows and arrows that he would be something else? Well, the 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 rangers, uh, they use bows and arrows. I mean, fighters can too. I don't really see like because Legolas kind of gets around the battlefield a lot, mm-hmm. um, and rangers are good with mobility in that way. Mm-hmm. Gimli, um, fighter. fighter, maybe. A- bit of barbarian in there oh, true. um he can get mad and <laughs> rage like a barbarian does um gandalf asmr wizard asmr no uh, asmr no, not wizard. asmr gandalf is an asmr wizard. 
That would be the best. I would subscribe to that YouTube channel so hard. If it was a guy dressed up like Gandalf doing ASMR. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. (laughs) He just reads all of Gandalf's lines really close to the microphone. Tell me, old friend. When did Saruman the Wise abandon reason <laughs> for madness? And he could just have a whole video where it's just him with his stick, kind of banging his stick <laughs> into the. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so an so, an ASMR. ASMR, not ASMR. Yeah, they are the product of um, humanoid parents, but within their bloodline is a bit of uh, celestial in there so one of their ancestors was a being from the higher planes it could be an angel or a kirin so one of one of their ancestors smushed with an angel yeah so would you say that or a god so would you say that jesus is an asmr De- yeah def- oh my god definitely <laughs> definitely that's awesome um so I'm sorry yeah, if that offends you if you are like a Christian person who are, who's listening uh, to this. It's all in good fun. Just laugh. I know, just, but we have just, to be respectful of other people's beliefs. Yeah. Um. So an ASMR, and then yeah. So that's the whole Gandalf. fellowship. Yeah, yeah, it is. Isn't yeah. It? What about Gollum? All right, Gollum's a rogue, but. Because he well, he started off as a halfling. Yeah, he was one of the river folk. Yeah, Yeah. they're they're basically halflings. Yeah, Um, he's a degenerate rogue. Interesting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so the classes can kind of they determine what you do, what your role is Mm -hmm. in battle or in social situations. The classes are artificer or artificer. Where you build inventions, you can cast magic through your inventions. The barbarian, a frontline um, warrior who uses rage to soak up damage and do a ton of damage, mm-hmm. you know, on the front lines. Yeah, bards, um, they are like the party buffers. They use their magic of song to basically add dice to party members abilities and make them stronger plus they have extra skill expertise and um and spell casting the cleric really good against undead Mm -hmm. they are the among the best healers why are they good against undead specifically so they have a special ability uh, channel divinity, but you can use your channel. Uh, blah, blah. <laughs> you can use their channel divinity to turn undead. So you so like they can be necromancers. No, How's unless you're unless you're a death cleric. No, what turn undead means is you lift your holy symbol up. And the undead see that holy symbol. They need to make a saving throw oh. against your spell DC. And if they fail that, they can't bear the sight of your God's divine power. And so they like try to flee. A, it's like yeah. holding up a cross to a vampire. Yeah, basically. Cool. And 
So, you know, as they're running away, you could just cut them down and stuff like that. So so if you're playing Curse of Strahd, could you do that to Strahd? If you had a cleric in your group, could you just wave a symbol in his face and beat him? Theoretically, but I think he has legendary resistance, which means oh he God. can choose up to three times a day to succeed a save that he <laughs> he's fails. So OP. Yeah, I mean, he's Strahd. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so they're really good against undead. They are among the best healers. They, I think they have the most healing spells. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of uh, spells that do radiant damage, so like holy damage and stuff. You have the druid, which are nature-based spellcasters that can also shapeshift into animals. Nice. Um, so like uh moon dru like druids of the circle of the moon which would be uh um a class archetype because mm -hmm. each of the classes they'll branch off into different archetypes mm -hmm. so you could be a circle of the land druid that kind of focuses on spells of certain terrains so like a desert one would focus more on fire spells whereas a Arctic one would focus more on like cold damage spells. Mm -hmm. A moon druid, their thing is wild shaping. They get all these abilities that increase like the health of their wild shape, the number of wild shapes. Mm -hmm. It gets to a point where eventually you can wild shape into a T-Rex or into like an elemental or something. Mm -hmm. So, and that differentiates. So like a druid of a circle of a land would be more of a spellcaster, more be more in the back line, mm -hmm. but a druid of the moon is going to turn into a grizzly bear or a tiger and just run right into the front lines and, you know, start dishing out damage. Mm -hmm. um, you have your fighter. That's your base, like warrior, master of weapons, uh, go to town. The monk gets around the battlefield quickly. That's the your favorite, right? between the monk and the warlock uh -oh. so and i'll save the warlock for last even okay. though it's not alphabetically the last <laughs> so the the monk gets around the battlefield uh as they gain levels they get increased movement speed um they eventually their unarmed strikes or their monk weapons do magic damage to overcome resistances mm -hmm. they can they can do a lot of attacks at once. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of, they're an unarmored. They can tank a bit. They can uh, move around very fast. They're, they're the kind of person who you see, uh, you see a mage, you know, on the other side of the battlefield, the monk's going to get over there. Wait, what's a mage? Is that or a, a spellcaster. No, it's a, it's a spellcaster. Oh. So, yeah, if they see if they see like an enemy wizard on the other side of the battlefield, the monk's going to get there the fastest and like pound that wizard into the dust. Mm -hmm. Um while the rest are dealing with, you know, the minions or whatever. Then the paladin is a is a holy warrior that is bound to an oath. So like the fighter, they get heavy armor proficiencies. Mm -hmm. They get proficiencies with all martial weapons, but then on the side, they have holy magic. And it's not necessarily 
magic from gods like divine Mm -hmm. but it's they swear this oath and it's through the tenets of this oath that gives them this power um what class would a lich be well liches are generally wizards cool because uh well why don't we just talk about wizards so a, a wizard is that's your favorite i think that's my favorite like creature favorite yeah you're in the monster manuals liches and flail snails which are the complete on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of intelligence and power (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah so your wizard is your spellcaster that learn their magic through books um Yeah, they're the nerds. They <laughs> studied magic. They're, it's not innate within them. It's not given to them from other sources. Um, so so if you're looking at like Harry Potter, she had it wrong because all the kids that go to Hogwarts have innate magic. Yeah. But they call them like wizards and witches. Yeah. So they would actually be sorcerers sorcerers yeah very good yeah sorcerers you derive your magic from your bloodline yeah so you might be a draconic bloodline sorcerer um where you have the blood of no he's he's not descended (laughs) from dragons um but yeah draconic bloodline they get their power like one of their ancestors was a dragon you have like celestial people can smush with dragons well, yeah, like the good what? dragons can shapeshift and stuff. Yeah. Um, That's nasty. There's like the celestial bloodline. There's shadow sorcerers. There's tempest sorcerers, which they, uh, and it doesn't, it uh, for some of these, like the tempest one, it like they could have gotten their um, magic because a genie mushed with one of their ancestors or they could have been born at a time of or born in a place of powerful elemental magic Mm -hmm. like a a maelstrom occurred like around them while they're being born or something kind of thing yeah you can feel like the shadow sorcerer they could have been born during a solar eclipse Mm -hmm. maybe or something and that had an effect on their birth or they were born near a place where the shadow fell um infringed on the material plane seems easier to just like smush with a dragon Chime. you could but each of these <laughs> each of these bloodlines have different powers and yeah. that'll determine your different you know aspects so then you have your ranger um which is kind of a mix between a fighter and a rogue they're not they're a little bit squishier than a fighter they what can do you mean squishier like they can't take as much damage because oh. they can't wear heavy armor they can wear medium armor Mm-hmm. Um, but they can use all the weapons. Uh, you could be a beast master and have an animal companion, or you could be a hunter and be more focused on specific foes. Mm-hmm. They have a little bit of magic, like nature magic from like the druids. That's cool. Um, so you have that. Then the rogue is your sneaky stabby person <laughs> who has access to a lot of skill expertise. Mm-hmm. 
So they're capable, and they all have to just be sneaky. There's the Rogue Inquisitor, which is more of like your Sherlock Holmes <laughs> detective stuff. You have the Rogue Mastermind, which is like your social. So are all those things subclasses? Yeah, those are all, or archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have the Assassin. Um, in the new one, you have the soul knife, which is like a psychic rogue or, or the phantom where you get your powers from the dead kind of thing. Um, and then the, well, we covered the sorcerer. Oh, so that saves the warlock and why the warlock is fast becoming my favorite. So (laughs) you have the sorcerer where, Ooh, look at me. I'm born with magic. I'm so cool. You have Are you mocking him? Because nah. <laughs> um and then you have the wizard who reads books all day. The warlock is like, you know what? Tired of reading. I'm sick of these sorcerers who just lord their bloodline over me. I'm gonna make a pact with some powerful being for magic. Or maybe you didn't choose the pack, like this being appeared to you, saved your life, and says, oh, well, you gotta... You owe me. You owe me. But basically, yeah, a warlock is a quick path to magical power. Mm. They make a pact with a demon or a devil, so that's pact of the fiend, um, or an archfey. Wait, 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 so then what the... the what makes that different than a paladin Cause, or or cleric? The one that gets their powers from their well, from oath. So, okay, so the clerics, oh, you mean the paladin? Then. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, so the paladin, um, the paladins. Because they essentially make a deal with a demon or a devil, you said, right? No, they swear an oath. They swear a vow toward a specific set of ideals and it's like the power of those ideals are what channel the magical energy into them okay basically now those ideals could correspond to a deity Mm -hmm. because there are paladins who serve specific deities but it won't necessarily make them a cleric Mm -hmm. um but it's it's about the oath Mm -hmm. um like there's Oath of Conquest Paladin, where they're like, I am bringing law to this lawless land, and I don't care how it's done. Mm-hmm. And that's where your lawful neutral paladins come from. Oh, no. you know. But then you have Oath of the Crown, where they swear their oath to society, the, ki- the king or the queen, monarchy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you have like uh, the Oath of Vengeance, where... Something terribly wrong has happened, and you are going to right that wrong by taking down the cause of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives them their power. So, whereas with a warlock, the warlock is specifically going to demon, devil, archfey, a, a, an angel, a um, an empyrean, which is like a, a god's baby um a god a god's baby yeah god's baby a jesus a jesus a kraken um some powerful being a genie whatever and 
making a pact with that being. Mm -hmm. If you help me destroy my enemies or if you help me do this or that, if you give me some power, I will do this for you. Mm -hmm. I will pledge my soul or I will help you. um, I will help spread your... um, your religion or i will in in the case of a archfey maybe i will play pranks on people mm-hmm. every morning because <laughs> archfey love love pranks. Pranks. or or i will um i will just dis- sabotage your enemies in some way mm-hmm. that like you are making a pact for power and this uh being this entity is giving you an array of things and what i like with the warlock is it completely opens the doors for role playing because essentially and your your patron your patron could be aloof they could just hang back and say i gave you power i might come down and ask you for something i might just see what happens i don't know but it really opens a door for the dungeon master and and for the player to have a discussion and say, okay, what are the terms of the pact? Mm-hmm. What happens if you break the pact? Does your patron take it away? Mm-hmm. Can you make a pact with someone else to kind of counteract your your pact mm-hmm. and get out of it? So with the DM role play as the the pact giver yeah the patron yeah yeah absolutely because that that patron could be asmodeus the uh duke of the nine hells Mm -hmm. or it could be um it could be tasha Mm -hmm. it could be uh baba yaga in the pack of the archfate it could be the uh, the queen of air and darkness Mm -hmm. you know or the raven queen from the shadow fell uh for hex blades out there so I, I, have, I have one more question, and then we have to touch on backgrounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say as a, D, as, as a DM, but also as someone who has played? Well, we talked about your, your favorite classes are, are warlocks sometimes. Um, uh, monks. Monks sometimes. I also like paladins. You also so. like paladins. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite race to play? And then my second question, follow-up question what is as a dm what is what what is your what kind of like races and classes as as like a group do you like dming with okay so with so as a player for races i like the asmr 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 the tiefling asmr is a race yeah, ASMR is a race. Yeah. Um and and they have sub races. You have the protector ASMRs, which um they Gandalf. Yeah, Gandalf. Like they get wisdom um bonuses and they can sprout wings once a day and, and like cool. fly over the battlefield. The Scourge ASMR are um they get an ability where they can basically fire you know light from their eyes and mouth and scorch (laughs) enemies around them and then fallen asmr like if you do a dark deed or something like that then your 
your celestialness, your divine spark is kind of corrupted. Saruman. Yeah, like Sar- Saruman. And they're, they um, they get like these dark spectral wings and cause fear and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's cool with ASMR is, again, <laughs> excuse me, again, I love role playing. With ASMR, you can play with that, you know, oh, you could start off as a protector or scourge ASMR. Do a dark deed, like make a wrong decision and potentially go into this fallen ASMR. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Maybe you start as a fallen ASMR and you want to, you know, you had some dark past or something like that. And you want to overcome that. You want to redeem yourself. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the campaign, you become either a protector or scourge ASMR. And um, and you have this character change. And if you talk with your DM, I mean, you're changing those attributes to fit in with this new, it's not really a sub, it's technically a sub race, but it's more like a state of being. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. I also love tieflings, which <laughs> are, um, they have infernal heritage. So they have devil heritage. Um, or ancestry, so a devil smushed with one of their ancestors. Mm-hmm. And tieflings are great because they're born with like a tail and horns, and so they're very obvious mm-hmm. to people. And so, in some cultures, they might say, Hey, they're all right with me, you know, we've we've been around tieflings long enough. In other cultures, it's like, oh, burn that person. Yeah. Like we, you know, they're bringing sin into our culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also there's tieflings that have different heritage from different um archdevils or dukes of hell. Mm-hmm. So that gives them they so maybe one of you know one of their ancestors comes calling and is trying to tempt them so i i like that too um i want to revise my second question from before yeah what advice would you give to new players as a dm about choosing their race class and backgrounds so backgrounds isn't too hard because a background is really it's like your character's job outside of the the class the it's it's your character's backstory oh i was a sailor i have certain skill proficiencies here mm-hmm. i can pilot you know seafaring vehicles and mm-hmm. stuff or i was a soldier i have an extra proficiency in athletics mm-hmm. and stuff like that or i was a far traveler i've come from distant lands so like but do do those give you like bonuses and features and stuff? Yeah, they give you additional skill proficiencies oh. or uh proficiencies in instruments or they might give you um like playing sets like dragon chess or <laughs> or dice and stuff like that. So it sounds like stuff that's not really vitally important. It's not vitally important. In some cases, yeah, cuz like they'll have little blurbs like as a as a soldier you understand the military hierarchy of whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you can 
generally look at an army and see who the ranking officers are and you might and you might be able to tell those ranking officers hey i was in the never winter guard this was my position and those say oh yeah i see that sigil on your on your on your breastplate you know and and they might give you a little bit more hospitality because of that yeah. or as a as a sailor oh yeah i've served on um the fair duchess and the captain's like oh yeah i've heard of that you know and you you might establish a rapport with that captain so yeah depending on your background again backgrounds are almost purely for role playing mm -hmm. And it's helpful for the DM to see where the idea of your character is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, so for, for DMing, I like to see... I like humans. <laughs> I like humans a lot because humans run the game. But that sounds so boring. Like if you're going to play a fantasy game... Yeah. I mean, I personally, like the few characters I've created, none of them were humans because I was like, I want to play with this other weirder. I'm a human all day, every day. I want to be something no, else I, for a while. And I get that. I get that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So someone outside of human elves, dwarves, halflings, because everyone's so familiar with them. Mm -hmm. If someone picks an orc or a gnome or a triton or a, um, I don't know, whatever, they generally play them as a human. <laughs> and, and it's partly because people, they just look at this the skin of this being mm -hmm. and like, oh yeah, they look cool. I want to do them. But it's like, you're not inhabiting the role playing. And I'm not saying do a whole back, like background read of goblins, mm -hmm. but it's like, if you just, if you just read the little paragraph on goblin culture, you can kind of get all you need to know to role play a goblin. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can play that. Like, but it, but it, well, goblins is probably a bad example because people are familiar with goblins. But like a triton, you come from the sea. You you know they have a whole civilization there, but then you kind of play them as just a normal dude yeah. or dudette. Whereas, what I like with humans is that they're a good baseline. Number one, every other race is this aspect of humanity. Mm. or that aspect of humanity you know dwarves are the industrious you know roll up your shirt sleeves um you know miners artisans you know like that th that is that aspect of humanity mm -hmm. elves are the more uh studious one with nature um conservative aspect of humanity mm -hmm. halflings just want to smoke weed and <laughs> you know just have a simple life kind of humanity um gnomes can be the mad scientists of human or the no nonsense um aspect of humanity mm -hmm. 
I like humans because they are so varied. To me, there's there's so, like human kingdoms are so interesting in that they can either expand a lot and dominate other races, or they could be, you know, in an in an enclave surrounded by other races, mm-hmm. kind of thing. There's a there's great power play in humanity. I do like to see, but I do like to see parties that are varied. Mm-hmm. But I, every time I play and I have a party, I kind of want at least one of them to be a human because a human can fit in so many aspects. Unless you do interesting things like the whole party is elves <laughs> and they're like from a, they, they all went to this one elvish school. And so they have this, rapport with each other like i like interesting parties like that too that's so interesting to think about like i feel like i've never seen or or considered the idea of having a party that's all the same like in my mind it it was always sort of like okay if somebody else is already being a human like oh you should pick something like you should be something different you know like i I can't remember watching like a critical role or, or something like that where it was like a bunch of the same type of characters right or or same people with a different or with a similar backstory or backstory that had a similar origin like you could be an orc warband or you could have you know a human an orc a goblin a dwarf and and a gnome all traveling together and like oh why are all these uh, why are these different people traveling together and like oh this orc lost the rest of their warband and picked up friends in the course of their adventure and they're their own warband kind Aww. of thing and so they have this shared history because one of the biggest most annoying things is oh all of us come from different backgrounds and we don't know each other and we gotta know each get to know each other and stuff like that i like more than anything i like when players at least like two players know each other here, two players know each other there. Mm -hmm. And there's some familiarity. So there's not this like inherent mistrust or, Mm. oh, so who are you and what do you do? And and like that just gets in the way of a lot of stuff sometimes. So it makes more sense for the players to kind of walk in knowing each other. Yeah, it's it's better. It's usually better that and way. And that means your session zero has to be like, ev- like that's the time for everyone to get to know each other, right? So that your first session is, you can just go right into it. Yeah, that's what you can use as session zero for is like to help determine the origin. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and my friends were going to start playing a Star Wars um, oh, yeah, as soon as we have up here, you're gonna go play Star Wars. But we um but we're taught we've been talking about we've been messaging about where we're all from and we're all gonna be like uh Luke's um first class of like new Jedi knights and <laughs> oh stuff gosh. like that. So that's so nerdy. But we share a common thing and we can all talk to each other. Oh yeah, remember in junior year how <laughs> you know your lightsaber got stuck in the tree or whatever? <laughs> like it's it's better that way and it's it's much easier for new players to build off of that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. 
Well, I feel like I have much more uh, solid understanding. It, it like the Lord of the Rings thing, like stuff like that really helps me to just like in our alignments episode when we just like put pop culture characters into like mm-hmm. that kind of thing really helps to cement it for me because it gives it like context. Yeah. Like I could sit and read the list all day and read the little blurbs and stuff, but the context is really helpful. Um, and so, yeah, at some point, maybe we'll go in like more deeply into like individual races and classes and things like that. Um, not today, though. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, you got, you went deeper than I thought you would into some of the some of the classes. Yeah, I mean, you can group. Uh, actually, we should do that. Is like group similar, similar classes together, or where there's overlap together yeah. and parse parse the details for sure um yeah so let us know in a review what you would like to hear about what classes and races you'd like to hear about what um what groupings you would be interested to hear compared uh those reviews really help us out as we were talking i noticed that we actually have our very first review <gasps> yeah greg doesn't know about that what we have a really sweet review from someone who listened to the first two episodes with their husband and they really liked it uh, and it kind of made me want to cry like as we were recording it's our very very first review ever and it's really special so if you're listening and you liked this episode or any previous episode please leave us a review they're really helpful and they're really nice and they let us know that we're actually doing a good job cool cool so that's it that's it for today thank you for listening awesome so session four we will no. pick a race and class and background we're going to talk about something completely different so when are we going to play? <laughs> You're going to play Star Wars D&D after this, but we're not going to play on the podcast. You're making me out to be the bad guy. You keep asking me if we're going to play, and I keep having to say no. Well, I like playing. I know you do, but this is not for playing. All right, we won't play today. Okay. We won't play today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next session. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.